Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. morning taco tuesday here with the sports animals on espn honolulu i don't know what happened to my voice but i'll uh, find it later after the show good morning gary good morning happy halloween that's right it's uh hollows eve it's uh by the way uh our favorite candy i, I think we mentioned this before america's favorite candy on halloween reese's peanut butters cups m&m's is second skittles are uh, third the three most popular costumes this year for kids and adults, maybe. Uh, Cowgirl Barbie, uh, The Joker, and Wednesday Adams. I have seen people or celebrities online with Barbie and uh, Wednesday from the Netflix series, I guess, from the Adams family. Uh, didn't see the other. I don't, I'm surprised that The Joker this year would be that popular. Yeah. All right. Uh, top, a lot of stuff we're still following. Uh, college football rankings, uh, playoff rankings, will be coming out for the first time this year later on this afternoon. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have a lot of surprises. I can't wait for that because I think this is a lot more indicative of what we might see in late December, early January than the top 25 poll, although the top 25 poll is settled down. We know we're going to see, obviously, Ohio State and Michigan in that mix right now, and Georgia, of course. I, it looks like Washington would be that fourth team right now, but Florida State a close second. So right now, five teams in the mix, but we know things will change because some of these teams will play each other. Uh, a bunch of guys got traded around in the NBA. Even though we're talking, it should be we should be talking NFL trade deadline. Uh, James Harden finally traded to the Clippers. Harden a couple other players for a bunch of this and a bunch of that, but James Harden is now a Clipper, and somehow Vegas says that incre- increases their odds of winning a championship. I do not agree with that. I think it's going to be really hard to have him fit in. I mean, he's an all-star. He's a Hall of Famer. He's not really an all-star now, but there's only one basketball. And what does that do to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? If James Harden is shooting and scoring 20 a game, it takes away from those other guys. He's not going to be the point guard. That's Russell Westbrook. I don't think it's a good fit, A. Well, actually, B. A, it bothers me that the Philadelphia 76ers gave in to him and caved in and not only traded him, that's okay, but traded him to the team of his choice this guy just gets everything he wants seemingly and it's bad for the sport so i'm upset about this well and i think that what you're looking at is you're assuming uh that that team that uh the star players on that team are going to be healthy well they never are so that's probably what they got james harden for was insurance it's the uh the nfl trade deadline is amongst us and what are the washington commanders doing i see they're traded sweat I don't think that's a big surprise. I'm but he's like a top pass rusher in the league. 
Well, they probably figure they're going nowhere. It's okay if you're going to trade him. He's in the last year of his contract, so they feel ah, they're not going to be able okay. to resign him. But why gotcha. are the Bears trading a second-round pick for him? Because that's another team that's going nowhere. And they're giving up a second-round pick for a guy who's going to be a free agent, and you gave up part of your future. You're building up – you're stocking up draft picks. They have two of the first round next year, two – theirs in Carolina. They got another second-rounder, but why are you giving away some of what you need for the future for a guy who might be a rental? I don't understand on the Bears' part why they did that yeah i mean it's maybe they're thinking minnesota is going to run into trouble without kirk cousins and maybe we can get a wild card I, the bears I, are knows. not going anywhere near the playoffs nowhere near the playoffs all right uh let's see one snap and clear nevada next up for rainbow warrior football on the road yeah a team that is hot it's almost like what we saw uh last week with san jose state a team that started off slow at one in five one two in a row and made it three in a row against hawaii now we're seeing a nevada team that was really having a bad season they were winless somehow they shut out san diego state on the road and then they take care of new mexico at home so they're a team that's playing well of late I don't think they're a really good team like like maybe San Jose State was or should have been, but Nevada's dangerous. Now, you give them a little confidence and momentum, and at home, and the way Hawaii has played lately, uh, I'm not as look. I'm not as uh, positive about this game as I might have been a few weeks ago for Hawaii. It's going to be a tough battle on the road. They all are tough now. I know I use this uh, term way too much, but there was a heavyweight fight last night in girls' volleyball in the OIA semifinals undefeated Moana Lua taking on uh, the Westerns two seed in uh, it went to five Moana Lua winning three to two uh, the Menes uh, uh, are be going to will be going to the OIA finals and I don't think they're like the boys team where they recruited out of staters to make their team really good but Moana Lua boys <laughs> and girls volleyball really on top lately at least in the last year or so I'm not positive about recruiting out of state for the boys team Yes. Well, they got those three players that are going to the University of Hawaii, and they came from, I think, California, two of them. I forget where the third one came from. Right. So, but you're assuming that there's something going on. Yeah, they, they transferred to Moana Lua. Yeah, they right. all played there last year, so you can call it recruiting. Right. But did they get recruited? It, it doesn't matter. Powerful how, statement, Dickman. Powerful statement. Yeah, you're you reading they got too recruited. deep into that. Either way, they ended up at a school via transfer. Recruiting. Well, I'm not looking too deep into it. You said recruited. So yeah. I'm saying, how do you know they got recruited? How do you know they didn't? I don't. But it's when you're accusing somebody of breaking the rules, you best back that up with something. Anyway, we say congratulations uh, to Coppola. Um, You know, they're going to be in the third place game. They were led by Purcell Telefone with Telefoni. 20 kills. Also, Layla Parawan, 13 kills for the uh, Lady Hurricanes. And um, uh, Zaria Queen, who hit the, the, winning, uh, the winning slam down to win it all in Game 5. She had uh, 12 kills. And Malu Garcia, wow, what a talent she is. 19 kills. And she is, I believe she's a left-hander, if I'm remembering correctly. But, boy, they got some real talent on that Moana Lua team. Now, the Roosevelt, uh, Cinderella story of Roosevelt came to an end last night. Uh, they got swept by Mililani. So, OIA final, Mililani and Moana Lua. It'll be a heavyweight fight. And uh, good volleyball getting ready for the state tournament, which is right around the corner for volleyball and, of course, football as well. All right, and uh, we've got, uh, speaking of volleyball, we've got Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets to give away this hour here 
on ESPN Honolulu. And um, I wanted to start the show with this, is that uh, this kind of uh, snuck by a lot of people. I think it was in Saturday's newspaper, which is an online version only. And the, um, the, the headline reads, State settles sex discrimination case with Campbell, it says female athletes, which I hate that word, but with uh, uh, Campbell girl athletes. Um, that was the lawsuit where, if you'll remember a couple of years ago, they were complaining about not having the same facilities at boys at Campbell High School. And this is a situation where, you'll remember, the girls are you know, trying to um, <laughs> change in a tent behind the bushes, in the Burger King, across the street. I mean, it was uh, shameful. It was a shameful how girls were were treated at Campbell High School. And this stuff went on for years. And I believe it happens at some other schools, too. I mean, no locker room to change in? I mean, if anybody's going to need a locker room to change in, if you got to choose between boys and girls, sorry, guys, uh, let the ladies in. I mean, it's just right. But um, they also, their water polo team had to uh, practice in the ocean because uh, they were uh, they didn't provide them a pool. So um, a couple of days ago, they settled the sex discrimination suit. And um, you remember, oh gosh, who was the uh, young lady who led that um, led that uh, who led the lawsuit? I don't uh, Ashley Battis. Ashley Battis. I mean, she won an ESPY award for her efforts, if you'll remember. And if you're just tuning in, this is Chris Hart. Uh, it's, it's like somebody took my voice. I'll get it back later. The FM voice. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, what I'm taking from the article that nobody saw. Under a joint motion for preliminary approval of a settlement filed Friday, the state agreed to hire an independent evaluator. The state says, hey, you know what? We'll hire somebody to ensure that girls at Campbell had equal opportunities in terms of sports, offerings, facilities, transportation, and scheduling. Okay, so the state is, uh, somebody's, uh, they're going to evaluate this. Okay, we'll hire somebody to make sure we stay on top of it. The settlement also stipulated that the school would be subject to a seven-year compliance plan and create a hotline and a place online to report violations, as well as protect students who raised issues about gender equity from retaliation. So the um, basically what they did is said, okay, you know what, we'll put a hotline in place, something online where you can report violations. Uh, we'll have this little seven-year plan to make things better. And we'll hire somebody to kind of keep an eye on Campbell. Well, if you have to hire somebody to keep an eye on Campbell, can't Campbell keep an eye on themselves? Can't you say, hey, Campbell, I mean, obvious, that's why you can't have nice things. They can't trust the leadership at Campbell to do this right. So we're going to hire somebody to make sure you do it right. Something seems wrong about that. To me. Well, I mean, obviously history has shown that they can. I also see, though, that the state has allocated $6 million to Campbell High School's athletic facilities, which includes a girls' locker room. And that I see mm -hmm. as part of this as well. Right. So the uh, now the defendant was the DOE 
and the OIA. They, uh, in their in their response to the lawsuit, they said, "Hey, we did the best we could," which I don't doubt. You know, I don't doubt that they did the best they could. They noted that there had since been improvement for girls, a new baseball and softball field with artificial turf. It included a small building with some lockers for softball players. State officials, as Gary said, also allocated $6 million last year to the DOE for Campbell Athletic Facilities. So that's going to help with the girls' locker room. It's part of a uh, $60 million Title IX effort. So that's just part of it. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to clean everything up, not just Campbell. Um, the, on Friday, the defendants, they denied being liable for all of this, but they said the settlement is fair. See, they're just saying, they're basically saying, Hey, it wasn't our fault. We didn't, we, we don't know more money. But my problem with this is how it got in the situation in the first place. Right, right. Where, how it got in the situation in the first place where it was, uh, we, let's build a boys locker room. Nobody said, hey, what about the girls? The athletic director back in the day never said, uh, hey, we don't have a girls' locker room. Yeah, that's okay. Let them change in the bushes. How did that happen? That's my question, and that's what I'd like to see on this, but we'll never know, I guess. But congratulations, Ashley Battis. This uh, uh, you did well. She is, a, I mean, she did well. She is, that's something that, this changes her life. Just because after doing something like this, standing up as a very young person and saying, hey, this is not right, I'm going to do something about it, and then you come out and see this through while the rest of the country is watching on, and you emerge victorious. Congratulations. We salute you, Ashley Battis. Yeah, this made national news. I saw articles in the Washington Post, the New York yeah. Post, and a few other places, and the headline makes it look really bad. One of the headlines is, Hawaii DOE settles lawsuit after female athletes forced to practice in ocean and use Burger King restroom. I mean, just that, in itself, which is true. I mean, we, we just said it, but when you see that headline, it makes it sound awful, which it was. Uh, maybe you can say better late than never. It never should have gotten to this point, as you said. I agree. I don't know how all these years uh, nothing was done about it, but I'm glad that Ashley Bad has stepped up. You know, and people have been bringing it up. People have been stepping forward saying, hey, this isn't right. And, you know, to have to have the leaders that say, sorry, can't do anything about it. That's just how it is. I mean, that's basically the answer she got. So she said, no, this isn't how it is. This is how it should be. This is not right. I don't think the story so much now is about Campbell High School or other schools falling under the DOE's umbrella that didn't provide for girls. I think the champion of this is Ashley Battis. I'd love to, love to have her on the show and, and uh, get to know her a little bit because uh, these are the types of young people we need uh, stepping forward. It's 17 minutes after the hour. It's going to be mostly sunny the rest of the week. Winds are light and variable. And we got Vog coming over from the Big Island. Thank you for your contribution, Hawaii Island. Hence, the voice. (laughs) Going to be cloudy and rainy next week. High in the upper 80s. We'll get you traffic and be right back on this Halloween on ESPN Honolulu.
can win a $1,000 cash grand prize and $100 weekly prizes in our Pigskin Picks. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global in Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. And we're going to talk some college football right now. Joining us on ESPN Honolulu, she's a college football reporter, TV, and radio personality. Pigskingrind.com. Check it out, pigskingrind.com. Joining us once again, Lisa Horn. Lisa, great to have you on again. We'll start with a couple of teams that I want to hear your thoughts on. We'll start with USC. USC had such a great start, like other teams, but now this losing streak and barely beating Cal on Saturday by one, I think has a lot of trouble. Trojan fans scratching their heads about what's going on there. Yeah, pretty much, except for the Bruin fans out here, all of the USC fans are a little bit in, in an uproar because I think the expectations were super high last year and even higher this year because last year the only real issue for USC was the defense. And this year, the defense at times, Caleb has struggled. The quarterback, Caleb Williams, has struggled. But, you know, I think a lot of times, also, you have to understand, if you're out there giving it your all and the defense is not doing simple things like tackle, it can be frustrating for the whole team. I think it sets the tone for the whole team. I mean, I think they know they're in a little bit of trouble here. and um, You can't just make a team immediately come out of the gate and go into the college football. Well, I guess there's some coaches that can. But I think with Lincoln Riley, I think he needs to really focus more on the defense, and it's the basics, I think, that is driving everyone crazy. Just being in the right area, being able to uh, anticipate where the play is going. And then, again, the arm tackles or the lack of tackling period has really been a frustration. Has the honeymoon worn off for Lincoln Riley in USC? I think so, yeah. Um, I think it wore off probably two games into the season where, you know, you, you watch USC play, and, yeah, the Trojans looked good. They, they beat their opponents, but even against San Jose State, they allowed 28 points, and that, that was a little concerning, you know. So, And then against Stanford, yes, they did, you know, put 56 points up against Stanford, but at that time, Stanford was just, really a mess. Stanford's actually improved, whereas USC has declined. Or have they? I mean, I've maintained this whole time that the first six games of the season were really, they should be 6-0 and USC. It was a backloaded schedule. The real test was going to be the last six games. I think that's where you're seeing the Trojans struggle, and that's part of the reason why. Lisa Horn joining us on ESPN Honolulu talking college football. Let's go to Jim Harbaugh and Michigan, maybe more specifically Connor Stallions, who I don't think anybody really knew outside of the state of Michigan until a couple of weeks ago. What is your whole take on that situation with them illegally, allegedly illegally scouting games the way they did? You know, no one likes cheaters. And it's one thing if you happen to be on the sidelines on, with your team and you pick up something that the other team's doing, right? I don't think anyone has a problem with that. When you specifically, allegedly, have someone go out to future opponents' games and try to determine their play calling, that really stinks. And I think it, it – I, I don't know. I, I think even Michigan fans would probably be upset at this. Um, I, I find it hard to believe that this Stallions guy is did it on his own. And I'm not going to point any fingers at who may also who, who may also be aware of this. 
but, you know, I, I just can't believe he did this on his own. There has to be someone above him that, that knew about this. A couple of things I'm curious about with this, and there's a picture today circulating that he was on the sidelines when Michigan State hosted, I think, Central Michigan beginning of the year. He's mm-hmm. on the Central Michigan sideline. So how does he get sideline passes for an opposing team? And I would love to hear his exact title. I wish somebody would ask Jim Harbaugh, what is his exact <laughs> title? We hear low-level staffer. He did get suspended, so he got suspended because he's working for them. But what exactly I does he do? <laughs> yeah, he got suspended with pay, number one. Um Number two, he had a visiting bench, a VB pass, sidelines pass, which means he's allowed on the visiting team's bench, right? But he wasn't on their bench. So you have to wonder who allowed him to go to the other side and and watch what's going on. I mean, Central Michigan and Michigan have a lot of ties, right? They all know each other. So it could be just that someone said, hey, why don't you come over here and you know, hang out for a while or whatever, because I, I don't think anyone ever thought that this would be going on. But I, I think from now on, I think that there's going to be, it's going to be very clear that bench passes and anything like that where you don't know specifically what the, the guy's purpose there is that you no longer issue him. But yeah, he, he should not have been on that side of the field. Yeah, we saw that at a Hawaii game last week where a reporter was not allowed between the 20s. And we know the same rule that yep. college football is instituted, so he shouldn't have been there, as you yep. just said. Uh, I want to go back yep. to the Pac-12 for a second and ask your opinion on Deion Sanders. And, uh, you know, in September, everybody raving about him, people wondering if there'll be a playoff team, obviously a bowl team <laughs> after that good start. I think they've come back down to earth a little bit. I still think he's done a really good job there, of course, but I just I think people were a little too premature with anointing him as maybe a savior at Colorado. I agree with you. I, I think that the problem that a lot, especially in the media had was if you weren't a believer, in other words, if you weren't all in on Deion Sanders or coach prime, I should say, um, then you were either called a racist or someone who didn't know anything, or you were, you were kind of labeled different names, which <laughs> no one likes to be labeled. You know what I mean? And so you were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I took the attitude like, so far, it's been a win for Colorado having him there because of the recruiting. And, I mean, you know, landing, landing Travis Hunter was huge, you know. And I think the team actually surprised me at how athletic it was. And so, and I, the players are buying into the program. The fans are coming to the stadium. It's selling out. This is all win, win, win. I think it was unrealistic for everyone to think that they were going to go to a college football playoff. I, I think that was very unrealistic. I, I thought a realistic goal would be to go bowling for Colorado. And they may just do that. They might need a little minor miracle, but it's possible. So, yeah, it it was overdone. And I think a lot of it was done because we didn't want to be put in a box with a label. When the college football playoff rankings come out a little bit later, who would you have as your top four in what order? Okay, you're going to (laughs) laugh. But honestly, I have Ohio State number one. And the reason why, I'm going to be very clear on this, is because Ohio State is the only team of the top four teams that has beat two top-ranked top teams. They beat Notre Dame and on the road, and they beat Penn State at home. Michigan has, up to this point, I mean, the toughest team they played is what? I don't know, Indiana? I mean, they have the Wolverines have not played anyone, and when I say that, I mean anyone that's considered, a, you know, an, a, at least a, a, a league 
uh, contender. Right. Um, Ohio State has. Georgia hasn't. I think that the SEC is, is pretty weak this year. The ACC is, I think, middle, very strong. Clemson isn't Clemson this year. Florida State would be number two for me. I'm just looking strictly at the level of opponents that the teams have played. Not trying to take anything away from Michigan and Georgia, but I think Florida State and Michigan should be the top two teams for those reasons. Yeah, and we'll see Michigan get uh, Penn State and Ohio State the upcoming week, so that can kind of settle itself out one way yeah. or the other, I guess. Yeah. We know you Especially are a, at Penn State. Right, okay, right, right. That's going to be a tough one, of course. We know you're a Heisman voter. I'm not going to ask you who you would vote for the Heisman overall as far as first place, but give us a few names that have been circulating because I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite right now that there usually is at this time of the year. There isn't. This is, I can't remember going into November where I have just been like, I have no idea. I will tell you that one name that has been in my top five that wasn't even on my radar before is Bo Nix. I have been really impressed by him. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, you know, Caleb's still in there, but he's had a couple of so-so games, but he's clearly an outstanding football player. And so I still think that, you know, he should be in there, but Bo Nix is really, for me, gaining a lot of momentum. Yeah, he would be a top guy there. Michael Penix has had a great year. There's a few of them in the yeah. uh, just in the Pac-12 alone. Yeah. It's great to talk mm-hmm. about teams and games, even though some of the stuff is off the field, as we're talking about Michigan, as opposed to maybe realignment. We'll save that for another time. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. We always enjoy talking college uh, football with you. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, thank you so much. Lisa Horn joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Check out the website, pigskingrind.com, talking college football. All right, as uh, we mentioned, we've got Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets to give away. If you want a pair to Friday against Cal Poly, be caller number four now at 808-296-1420. More coming up with the animals, including some accolades for the Rainbow Wahine. Again, coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. And we say congratulations to Kate Lang, University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine Volleyballer. Uh, She was voted Big West Setter of the Week. Nice. That's her 19th Setter of the Week award in 17 weeks. (laughs) Sixth this year, ninth overall. It's been a while since she's won it. I think it was like three or four weeks stretch where she won it consecutive weeks. Uh, obviously going to be the big setter of the year in the Big West, I would think, when all is said and done. But congratulations to her. Here and Amber have just had outstanding season and have won so many awards all year. Hey, thank you guys for texting in. The Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Uh, Glenn Wakai well, will be on the show coming up at 820 this morning. We just want to get, uh, you know, I guess a little progress on how uh, the uh, new Aloha Stadium uh, construction or and deconstruction of the old stadium are going on. We'll get an update from uh, the state senator coming up here again, 820 this morning. Somebody did text in and says, does Kahuku football recruit? That was random. I don't think Kahuku needs to recruit. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if they recruit. I don't recruit. think Kahuku's getting a bunch of guys from Kaimuki, you know, transferring to Kahuku. Now, there are a couple of people that um, – 
I don't know if you saw this in the Sunday paper. Uh, um, a couple of guys from Kapole last year are playing for Kahuku this year. Well, and the, stroke. Go ahead, Gary. I was going to say it's the Campbell quarterback who uh, I guess is at Kahuku right now, right? There's a couple of Kapole players who transferred to Kahuku, is what I was saying. And um, I don't remember who they are. But the, uh, the coach says that's why they came here to win a championship. And I thought, wow, that doesn't, for some reason, that doesn't sound right to me. I, it, 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 not. Thank goodness their parents moved into our district. Or, you know, they, they now live with their grandmother, which enables them to play. It's That's why they came here is to win a championship. For high school football, that didn't sound right. I guess it was, the, excuse me, it was Kapolei, the quarterback, Tonga Vailoa Mosa. He transferred there, and his receiver from Kapolei is with him. But, right. it's not, but it's not the first time we've seen this with OIA schools. We know a lot of them recruit. So, I mean, no, 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 no. What I'm saying, Mike, what I'm saying is the coach actually came out and said, they came here to win a championship. In other words, hey, you know what? It's They didn't they didn't move here. They, they, they came here to, to win a championship for the school. That doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem right, but I don't think any other. I don't think any of these other situations, for the most part, of what we've seen with transfers, are because the families moved. It right. seems like they find a relative or a course that that school offers, and it's been going on for the, so the, long. I don't think they do the whole course that the school offers. They haven't done that in twenty years. Um, for example, you're thinking of Moana Lua. Yeah, you know, twenty years ago, people would say, "I want to take a band." I don't think well, it was that let, long ago. They, yeah, sure, it was that long ago. What they're done, what they've done, is they say, "Hey, you know what? You can come on over here and play in the band. You can come come to our school. It's fine. You just can't play sports right away." They got wise to that real easy, and I don't think it was band; it was uh, orchestra, actually orchestra. But um, anyway, I thought that was a it was a curious statement uh, in my mind. Next texter at 808-296-1420 says, uh, we were talking about uh, Campbell uh, We were talking about Campbell High School in the lawsuit uh, for the girls' sports. And this one says, Mililani High School is the same. No locker room for women's soccer. Three-time OIA champs, no locker room. Now, I'd, if, you, if you're still listening, the, um, if the text back, because... I mean, this is, you know, this is public school. You're not going to have, even private schools, I don't believe, have a separate locker room per women's, for girls' sports. It, does Mililani have a place for the girls' soccer team to change? I think it might be just somebody singling out women's soccer because they've been the champion. There might be all girls' sports there. I'm not mm. sure, but I'm curious about that as well. Right. And, um, okay. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Campbell has Kurt Favela in the Senate. <laughs> this is ha but this has been going on before Kurt Favela had a Chialita. This verdict will now mandate that girls, all schools, receive the attention and response that Campbell is getting. It's a legal mandate for the DOE, not just Campbell and the OIA. Yes, it is a legal mandate. It's called Title IX. But the problem is, here in Hawaii, up until now, they didn't feel it was very important to follow Title IX. 
But I think he brings up an interesting point about Kurt Favela. Even as was starting before he took office, he's in office now. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't said anything about this, but I haven't heard anything. I think that's an interesting point for him. Uh, I think that's something he should have handled if he didn't. Or you know what? About. I believe he did come out and say something about this when it happened, when this all started a couple of years ago. Um, I believe he did come out and say it because he's, hey, you know what? We tease Kurt Favela all the time. Dude's not dumb. I'll, I'll tell you that much about him. Uh, somebody did text it in. They still do transfer for courses. Okay. Hey, send me an um, update on, on that if you could. I know you're still listening. Uh, I'd like to see what some of those example of what of those courses are. Uh, this next texter at 808-296-1420 says, no place for field sport girls to change. Kaiser does, Punahou does include track and field. Not sure about basketball, other sports. Do you understand what that says, Gary? <laughs> not exactly. Uh, yeah, and he goes on to say Campbell lawsuit was mostly girls soccer. I don't know no. if it was mostly about any specific sport. No, it wasn't. It sport. wasn't. It was. It was. It was water polo. It was a bunch of stuff. Water. Yeah. It was Title Nine. It wasn't just locker room stuff. It was water polo. Uh, Ashley Battis's team, water polo team, practicing in the ocean. So it's probably covering a lot of sports, but the water polo one, like you said, is the one we heard a lot about. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's good that this, uh, if you're just tuning in, and this kind of uh, snuck by us, it was in Saturday's uh, paper, that the state did settle. Uh, they did settle the lawsuit um, with the Campbell High School girl athletes, with the, uh, the athletes, and uh, they're going to basically have an independent evaluator keep an eye on Campbell High School in terms of sports offerings, facilities, transportation, scheduling, to make sure they're following Title IX. Uh, and then, you know, basically they're going to build a locker room. Uh, they're going to an additional $6 million to build a girls' locker room. And um, that'll be done in uh, 2029. I'm just joking. You know, a lot of yeah. times these schools get awarded money from the legislature, but they never see it. So whoever's keeping an eye on Campbell uh, got to make sure that, uh, hey, the money actually gets there and they start breaking ground on this project. Because that's a whole other thing. Another text came in on this saying, why reactive and not proactive for sloppy should be fine. That's kind of what we were saying earlier. You know, better late than never, but how did it get to this point? Who's responsible? It's got to be, you can't just say the DOE or, uh, you know, the board of whatever. There have got to be specific people. No, it is the people. DOE. But I'm, the what DOE. I'm saying is that there's got to be specific people who are oh. or should be blamed and held accountable for this? Not just the DOE itself, because there's not one person. There's got to be some people that actually did not do anything when they should have, and they should be held accountable individually, not as a unit, as like the DOE. You can look up who's in charge of the DOE. You know, when this, this all when when they started building the campus, I, I I don't know how to, I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, the, it is. It basically comes down to the Department of Education. If you're accepting federal monies and you're not following Title IX, you're breaking the law. That's what's, that's what's curious about this, and it's gone on for so long. Now, it seems to be when you're talking to people in leadership positions at schools, it's very easy to put your hat, palms upwards and go, oh, sorry, I no more money. It's not my fault. Hey, it's the guy above me. 
And the guy above him's going, hey, it's the guy above me. You know, I'd love to help. Nobody actually stood, you know, stood tall and did something until this little girl did. That's what's crazy about this is somebody could have made their voice heard and nobody did because, hey, you know what? I just, you know, I don't want, maybe there's retaliation involved. You know, I mean, part of this lawsuit is, hey, we're going to make sure you don't get retaliated against. Here's a hotline to call if you see something. If you see something, say something, and you won't be re- uh, retaliated against. Yeah, one of the articles I read said that, and I'm, maybe we heard this earlier, but that the water polo team was, was, was basically threatened with canceling their sport if they continued to complain about this. And I think that's where the retaliation or the hotline number comes in play. All right. Uh, thank you guys for texting in. Uh, uh, we got a text about how the two Kapolei players ended up at Kohuku. Uh, one guy got beat out, so he wanted to go there to play, and his friend lives across the street, and they're close friends, so they went to Kohuku. Boy, that's some kind of commute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. If we only it's, had a train system. It's 746 with the sports animals. Hope you're having a happy Halloween morning. I hope everyone's walking around in costume downtown. They seem to do that less and less nowadays. but They do. Anyway, happy Halloween to you. It's 747. Uh, We'll check your traffic and be right back with more on ESPN Honolulu. Hope you're having a good Halloween morning. Hope everybody is safe. Remember when you're driving around this afternoon, look out for little critters in your neighborhood. I guess, do people still have critters in the neighborhood? Does everyone just uh, kind of dress up their kid at 4 o'clock and go to the mall? I, I hardly ever, you wouldn't know it's Halloween almost in certain areas. Where I live, I didn't remember any last year, and I wasn't home the whole day, but I was home most of it. And I don't know about this year, of course, but it just seems like over the years, it's not like it was when you and I were kids, where you would just see kids everywhere right. with their bags or pillowcases or whatever it was to stockpile that candy. Yeah, nowadays you just have too many sketchy people out there. It's, yeah, I, I, can I understand see why, that. Right, know. right. But the, uh, yeah, like our place, they don't even allow, you know, a, a lot of places. I don't know if it's your, your uh, what do you call it? What it's, a it's a townhouse. It's a townhouse. It's a townhouse, but your, your, your community. Our little community doesn't allow things like fireworks and uh, trick-or-treaters. It's like, really? You don't, you, trick-or-treaters really bother you people that much? Give me a break. Come on. Well, fireworks, I can understand. You don't want those around me. Well, you but... go on the sidewalk out in, in the front and let out yeah. fireworks. It's mm-hmm. not going to stop anybody. But, I mean, I can see why. There's a bunch of, you know, these are now my people, I guess. Old people. <laughs> Old people really bother me. But it's like no trick-or-treating, really? It's not like they're going to come to your door at 10 o'clock at night. Everyone's pretty much done by 7 o'clock. Give me a break, you fuddy-duddies. I do remember as a kid, maybe only once, but it came to the point where I was told it's too late. You you should go home. We're out of candy, and I don't. I don't. It was probably around eight or nine at the latest. It wasn't ten o'clock, and it might not even be nine. Well, I mean, it, it might be somebody. I like in the old days. They don't do this when they would put out a. They would go to like a party or something, and they would leave a, a fish bowl of like uh, double bubble right. out on the. On the <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You just right. took that sucker and empty it in your pillowcase. We didn't <laughs> yeah. go. We didn't go. We didn't go trick or treating with these little plastic buckets <laughs> shaped like a pumpkin that you saw at Walmart. We took. We were serious, man. We took pillowcases. 
went home, dumped it out on the living room floor, and ran back out for more. Exactly. And don't think that mom was, like, unhappy about that because she was picking through getting all the Snickers. <laughs> it's not like the old days, that's for sure. Yeah, nothing ever is. Nothing ever is. It's sad. Oh, boy. Uh, do we have time for more texts? Not yes. really. We're going to get to more texts in a few minutes. Hey, by the way, um, we know that Maui, excuse me, I'm, folks, if you're just tuning in, I got to, I don't, I'm, I don't know, it's, this Vogue's coming in. It's killing me. Um, Maui Invitational tickets are on sale, but also don't uh, today the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head, Head Classic uh, tickets are on sale. I believe they went on sale yesterday. Coming up December 21st, 22nd, and 24th, Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Four games a day. Okay, off the top of your head, without looking, Dickman, Who's in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic? Well, I know most of them because I'm hosting TCU, and they're going up against Old Dominion. Nevada is coming in as well. <clears throat> Hawaii is coming in as uh -huh. well. Um, oh, boy. I've been so focused on Maui that I forget the other teams. But I know Old Dominion, um, and, I, and I was going to say Purdue, but they're for the Maui. Wow, I'm drawing a blank on some of the others. Well, you know, people come to you for the sports knowledge because they're not going to get it from me. And I think they're a little <laughs> disappointed. Uh, I am looking at a piece of paper. Georgia Tech, Portland, Temple, and UMass. UMass, right. The other teams. UMass. The first team I ever hosted. Way oh, back when. All right. Uh, we got a team from the Atlantic Coast Conference, Mountain West, Sun Belt, West Coast Conference, the AAC, the Big 12, and the Atlantic 10. Atlantic 10 is a good um, uh, conference, right, in basketball when it, it comes to that? It's top heavy. The bottom hasn't been as good lately. But, yeah, there's some really good teams coming out of there. On any given year, a couple years ago, St. Bonaventure was one of the best schools. UMass has had, uh, I mean, their glory years when Calipari was there. Uh, so, yeah, there's some really good teams coming. It is a really good tournament. Uh, Utah State, a really good team. And, again, Georgia Tech has been on the rise with Josh Pastner lately. Uh, so there's some really good teams coming in. And TCU with Jamie Dixon, one of the best as well. All right, tickets uh, range from $70 to $140 for all tournament tickets. That's a pretty good uh, bargain. Oh, yeah. Uh, res reserved session tickets are, so session would be uh, two games in the morning or two games in the afternoon, 18 to $35. Uh, so anyway, uh, check it out. Go to HawaiianAirlinesDiamondHeadClassic.com for more details. Top stories we're following and more volleyball tickets to give away coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Halloween! Got uh, 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 Senator Glenn Wakai is going to be joining us in about 20 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll get an update uh, on uh, what's going on with the new Aloha Stadium. Although they sent everyone an email. Maybe he's got other information that's not on the email. We'll find out. Uh, they have a newsletter they send out. Do you get that newsletter? No, I did not. Oh, okay. Um, I'll afford it to you. Okay. The uh, NFL trade uh, trade deadline is today. That's one of the things we'll be following. Uh, what time is the trade Ten, deadline? 10 a.m. Hawaii time, 4 p.m. in the East Coast. And in the last 15, 20 minutes, another trade has been completed. Minnesota Vikings without Kirk Cousins for the year. They get Joshua Dobbs from Arizona. 
Not sure what they gave back. Haven't seen that yet. But for Arizona, they're, they, they're planning on tanking for most reports. Kyler Murray is back, but not activated. I have a feeling he will be now. Joshua Dobbs has been their starting QB all season long. Yeah, and he's played a lot better for the Cardinals than he did with the Steelers. So uh, Probably, yeah. Uh, you're good for them. Uh, James Harden got traded. Uh, to the Clippers, uh, he'll be there for about a month until he's, uh, somebody hurts his feelings and wants to be traded again. I can't wait till he shows up in Philly for his first appearance, and the Philly fans treat him like they treated Ben Simmons. <laughs> so, really, I'm guessing they just got James Harden because Kawhi Leonard and uh, what's the guy from Fresno? Paul George. Paul George. They're they're hurt every year. They're out for extended periods of time. So, I'm guessing that's what they were thinking. When they got uh, James Harden, See, but, I, I think you know it's what? More than I mean, that. he might be a, he might be like it, back in Oklahoma City with Westbrook. He's the sixth guy. He's the sixth man off the bench. Well, he's going to start. He'll be the shooting so. uh, shooting guard for them. But they know they have a window to win a championship, and they haven't come that close. They want to get it. So I'm still surprised they did. They didn't really give up a lot in return. I don't know what the draft picks are. They gave up multiple draft picks. They gave up Marcus Morris, uh, Nick Nicholas Batum, a couple of decent journeyman type players. But nope, they wanted to get Terrence Mann, who's a pretty good guard. We saw him here in Oahu a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, they didn't want to give up him. The Clippers didn't. Uh, so they didn't really give up a lot. But still, I just don't see how that's going to work chemistry wise, on the court wise, ego wise, all of that. Uh, and I. I wish they wouldn't grant him his wish to Philadelphia 76ers. He doesn't deserve it. All right. Uh, the uh, OIA finals are set for the girls volleyball championship. Uh, Roosevelt made a good run at it, but they fell to Mililani. They got swept last night. Man, that was a late game. It didn't even start till like 830 or something. But uh, that was uh, they got swept. And uh, we had a we had the one match go down to five. It was, oh, my gosh, my mind is escaping myself. My mind is escaping myself. It, in five sets, it was, uh, oh, God. Moana Lua? Moana Lua beat Kapolei in five. That was, a, that was an all-out, all-out grudge match, cage match with chairs being thrown. I mean, it was, I mean, that was a battle. What great high school volleyball we have here. In Hawaii, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, so your championship will be Mililani against uh, undefeated Moana Lua. They got some a uh, few just special players. Let's go back to the. Let's say something about Roosevelt. You talked about their run. They can still they're still playing for third place. Yes, and they might be able to get in as the third team out of the OIA to the states. Problem is, they're playing Kapolei. <laughs> hey, you know what? I root for everybody. To, I wish everyone could be in. You know, especially from the OIA when they, they get so many teams in. But, uh, hey, congratulations. A great season for uh, all the girls. Uh, the uh, We're just bringing this up today. We didn't get to have a chance uh, really yesterday. But if you saw Saturday's Honolulu Star Advertiser online, you'll see that the state settled their sex discrimination case with uh, girls' sports at Campbell. So they're going uh, to have somebody oversee uh, Campbell, make you put them on a seven-year plan to get this thing right. Uh, they're going to build a locker room and a whole bunch of other stuff coming up here. Uh, so it's that, and they really got to check themselves for the rest of the uh, rest of the OIA schools to make sure everybody is Title IX compliant. 
it seems strange and wrong that in 2023 it came to this extent, especially your last sentence, that they got to check with the rest of the OIA school. They should. I know that. But the fact that maybe some of them are not in compliance, wow. I, I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised because something like this at Campbell never should have happened in the first place, never should have continued all this time. And the DOE is at fault. They're going to get blamed. But I wish there were individuals that could be blamed as well because there are some people that either looked the other way, didn't care enough, well, just didn't do the right thing or a combination of all. And I wish individuals would be held accountable. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of past that. I mean, this thing started in 2018. I'm, I'm glad that there's just some kind somebody is moving forward. The people who are in charge now will be moving forward. So that's something that is, uh, is really good. Now, we did get a text from Tom. Thank you, Tom. So if Campbell did not follow Title IX, now they get awarded additional $6 million for not following Title IX? It's not really a reward for Campbell, Tom. It's a, it's a hey, let's do right by the girls and build this so that they don't have to change at Burger King. Yeah, that's uh, a good Tom point. goes on to say, yes, we had a meeting with the AD, and the principal with the principal did not show up, and the AD basically threatened to cancel the season if we keep complaining. See, I remember that from the original story. It's, hey, you keep complaining, I'm just going to cancel the season. <laughs> That's the kind of mentality that's got to stop, folks. Uh, he says that some people there uh, got together and paid for time at the pool to practice. So the girls didn't, water polo team didn't have to practice in the Pacific Ocean. <clears throat> anyway, thank you guys for texting in 808 296 1420 uh, our next texter from the 218 says good morning i think the doe slash state has a person in charge of facilities that person should be the point person but who is the person above him or her does that make maybe along the lines of what you're saying gary right sad so true about being proactive instead of reacting just like aloha stadium state always moves so slow Legislatures, uh, legislators are more concerned on being selected each election cycle. Tell that to Senator Wakai. Thanks. That's from Aaron from IAEA. You know, I think that Glenn Wakai would admit that that's how politics work. Not just here in Hawaii, but wherever you go. <laughs> They're fighting to keep their jobs. That's why if you have term limits, you don't have this problem. But who am I? Um, next texter from the 376 says, the designer of this facility or architect should be at least partly responsible for this, just like designing something that does not meet the building code. So I'm not sure I agree with that without knowing all the details. Was the designer told to include girls' locker rooms? Or were they just told to build it? Like, this is what we want, and this is what we want you to do. Give us a design. I'm not sure if that person, again, the architect or designer, should be held as much accountable as the people in charge who started this, or I, more specifically didn't start building these facilities. Uh, Chris and Gary, thank you for a great show. And Gary, crack me up. I appreciate your realness, my brothers. Chipono. Happy Halloween. Have a great day. Thank you. 
We appreciate that. Hey, I just wanted to bring up one thing real fast. We are talking about Halloween earlier. Here are some fun facts about Halloween. I, I can't believe this is true, but it's written in the paper, so it must be. Americans are overall are known to eat three to four pounds of candy during Halloween and about three cups of sugar, which is equivalent to 220 sugar packets. Uh, this cell stress research lab found that adults would need to spend 720 minutes, which is 12 hours walking, cycling, or dancing, uh, running or swimming for 1,008 minutes, which is 17 hours, sweeping or vacuuming to burn it off. And for the kids, the kids, they say consume between 3,500 and 7,000 calories on Halloween to burn off 7,000 calories, a kid would have to walk 180 miles while trick-or-treating. Those are some scary numbers right there, I think. Hey, I want to talk a little bit more about the NFL. Again, the trade deadline's coming back, uh, coming back, coming up 10 a.m. Hawaii time, a little less than two hours before it is concluded. I know there are other, um, other names out there, Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think Saquon Barkley's going to get traded, but if you're just tuning in, the latest trade a few minutes ago, in the last half hour, Joshua Dobbs, of the uh, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals and Steelers, is now a Minnesota Viking quarterback without Kirk Cousins, who tore his ACL. He is out for the year. And we'll see if other name, name players are traded. Usually not a ton of action in football's trade deadline like there is in basketball, maybe even baseball. But again, Joshua Dobbs is a big one. And Montrez, uh, Montrez Sweet of the Washington Commander, the defensive lineman, goes to the Chicago Bears for a second-round draft pick. That was a couple of hours ago. I don't know Montez, why the Bears... Montez Sweat. Sweat, Sweat, sorry. I don't know why the Bears would have made this choice. trade for a guy whose contract is up at the end of the year and to give up a second rounder for not only maybe a rental, but also for a team that is absolutely going nowhere. What can he do for this team? I don't understand why they would do that. I can understand that maybe making some moves, but I would think they would be selling players instead of buying players. They're just not good enough to make a trade like this and have it work for them. Probably just shows the ineptness of the Chicago Bears organization even more with that trade. All right. Uh, 12 minutes after 8 o'clock here on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up in a few minutes, uh, Senator Glenn Wakai will be joining us. Then we're going to give away some Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets for Friday night. Big match against Cal Poly, super important match. So we need to get everybody we can to get down to the Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center uh, for that. I see your guys' texts coming in at 808-296-1420. Thank you for texting in, and uh, we'll get back to the Zephyr uh, Insurance text line coming up. Okay, you know, so I was mentioning the um, – if, if you can go to NASED, Gary. You can go to the website and sign up for their – email from the new aloha stadium entertainment district uh they send it to uh, media and one of the things that i'm reminded is as we get ready uh, to talk to this uh, senator wakai is that um so hawaii the state of hawaii is going to uh right now give 400 million dollars to build a basic stadium and Anything besides the, I guess, basicness is going to be on the developer. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Yeah, that's the whole thing is, hey, if you want to bid for this, if you want to have luxury suites and all the other stuff, well, you're going to have to pay for that. That's the whole plan here. And so if you're wondering if this is going to stay 
at four hundred million, they say four hundred million in twenty twenty three dollars, right? Five years from now, and I think that's the way you you cover your okole, is five years from now you can say, hey, we're five billion over budget, twelve years behind. Oh, that was twenty twenty three money we were talking about. Again, I, I I could be wrong. I'm so I'm no expert on this, but. Um, that's that's kind of the interesting thing, and I wonder if that model, because I don't know the answer to this, I wonder if that model is something that um, it's going on elsewhere on the mainland, where the uh, in a college uh, you know football stadium, I doubt it because most college football stadiums are on campuses, but there are some that aren't. So it's like we're going to build a stadium. And the state will pay for it for the state school, but anything extra, that's on the builder, whoever ever gets the bid. Yeah, for San Diego State, they got Snapdragon Stadium that's not on campus. Uh, and I don't. I think it was something like a two-year deal when they broke ground and built it. It doesn't seem like it was delayed after delayed after delay with that uh, venture. And I, I know right. that... The prices will increase, like you said. I mean, twenty twenty three dollars compared to twenty twenty eight. That's only natural, I think, in almost any construction deal that you're going to do, and and a lot of things, and everything's oh, going to go up. That's not true. You know, Snapdragon Stadium was built. Was built. I believe it was Snapdragon. Was that one or something else recently? Maybe it was Colorado State. They built it. And they weren't over budget. Now, part of the problem is we live out here in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And you have to you have to ship everything here. That's why it's more expensive, and I'm guessing that's why. Unless I'm just you know, um, I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid here. That's why things are more expensive, and that's why they take longer. Well, to be I've more expensive, told, sure. I've been told, but I'm not. But you know, well, I'm not sure. If, I I don't know that for sure. I just think that prices rise all the time. In almost anything, especially these oh, days, sure. in the pro in the post COVID oh, era, sure. if that's a, if that's the right way to say it. Look, look at look at what's going on at McDonald's. At McDonald's, they keep raising the prices, where it's like nine dollars for a hamburger or something. I'm exaggerating on the price, but then surprise, 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 they found out that less people are coming to McDonald's now, especially people make that less than forty five thousand dollars a year. It McDonald's got too expensive, so now they have announced. Hey, we'll bring the prices back down again. Now, less people were going to McDonald's, uh, but because the prices are so high, and it's not just McDonald's, it's a lot of fast food restaurants, because the prices are so high, uh, they're making a lot more money. Right. So they went, looked at this and said, okay, yeah, that's a little ridiculous. That, that, uh, $6 per McNugget is a little uh, out of this world. <laughs> Let's lower our prices again. We'll look forward to that. You know, we need a watchdog on fast food prices. <laughs> yes, we do. Although I don't get a chance to eat fast food uh, much anymore. It's 17 minutes after the hour here with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Hey, you can uh, if you want to watch UH, NFL, and uh, college football, check out 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar right there at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. That's the home of the new video wall. They're open early, 6 a.m. on Sundays, and they show all the NFL games. We'll be back with Senator Wakai and volleyball tickets to give away on ESPN Honolulu. And he said, there's water in you just like the sea. It's moving and grooving to the rhythm of the ocean. Hear the rhythm, rhythm of the ocean. Hear it calling your 
All right. Uh, Senator Wakai might be a no-show. Huh? Want to talk some Aloha Stadium, see how the progress is going. But maybe he's uh, on the other one. Favela would have showed up. Favela would have been here. Oh, he's uh, he's going to call in now? I believe he is uh, talking with Liz right now. So Liz, uh, all right. Senator Rakai joining us now here on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Happy Halloween, Gary. Happy Halloween to you as well. Thanks again for joining us. And a lot of people, uh, ourselves included, I'm sure yourself as well, wondering what is the latest with the new stadium with Nasset? The latest is the same as we've been sitting around for for the past three years, which is waiting for what's called an RFQ, a request for qualification. This is kind of the next step in finding out amongst the universe of potential contractors out there who is financially fit and has you know done this before. We don't want the first rodeo show to be the, some experiment on new, the new stadium. So we're going to go out there and find out of all the people who've shown interest, which are the ones that have the financial qualifications to do so. And get that process going in December of uh, in two months. Are a lot of people showing interest? Uh, yes, more so this time than we did when we first did this RFQ three years ago. You may recall that we had uh, three interested parties back then. Now I understand that there are nine groups that are interested this year. So we have three times as much interest in this round than in previous rounds. Didn't we hear similar statements a year or two or more ago as far as looking out for the bids and getting to this process already? Uh, yes, we've been through this uh, scenario during EGA, and we're going through it again during the Josh Green administration. So, uh, yes, I know that there's probably a lot of fatigue in the community, a lot of questions like, when is this, what is reality ever going to set in? And uh, I'm the eternal op- optimist. I've been at this for 14 years, and I'm hopeful that this December is the year where we actually get moving on the project. Why would this be any different? I'm thinking a lot of the fans or listeners are wondering the same thing we are. Why would this be any different than the last time around? Why should we believe this when nothing has been done previously? Wow. Uh, I think, first first of all, we have a better governor. We have more competent staff oh! at this time than the previous administration. I mean, you, you, we spoke about this a, a little over a year ago when we had, a, uh, what's his name, Mike McCartney over there just throwing this whole wrench into the system saying that, oh, we have a new plan. And we, as we see now, like, there was never a new plan. There was just ineptitude back then. So I'm much more confident that we have a better administration in power now to get this process moving along. Senator Glenn Wakai joining the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. So uh, I enjoy the uh, the updates on the emails from the, the newsletter that we get every month. And I was trying to explain this to Gary a second ago, and I maybe you can explain it better. So... The uh, we've got a budget, and for that budget, it's going to be a basic stadium. And if there's quote unquote add-ons or luxury items, then that would be on the developer, correct? Uh, correct. So we have four hundred million dollars on the table. We're probably going to need a five hundred or so million dollar uh, stadium. So that one hundred million dollar difference is going to be the risk borne by the developer because if we spend only $400 million, we're going to get bench seating, no luxury boxes, and we're going to get a scaled-down version of what we have right now at Aloha Stadium. In your estimation, as of today, Halloween of 2023, when would you predict that the stadium could actually open for business? 
Well, you know, when we talk about the stadium, we've gotten more tricks than treats. Um, and I don't want to... <laughs> I, I, I want to be somewhat optimistic, but I'm a realist. The pr- projection right now is that we'll be ready for the 2028 UH football season. Yeah, that's what we've heard recently. I, I mean, I, I think the same way that I think a lot of people, that we don't believe it really until it happens. <clears throat> and until they actually break ground, it, it's hard to accept that. And so in the way you're describing this scenario with the bid, the nine companies involved, 2028, when is a realistic date for them actually to break ground? Uh, so the RFP, the request for a proposal based on the qualified companies will be put out to bid in uh, next summer. Uh, we anticipate that will take maybe a, a year to, to bet through and have everyone, you know, do their Shark Tank performance for us. Uh, so by summer of 2025 is when we um, anticipate breaking ground and then giving the developer three years to get that facility up and running. You know, if we could somehow see a timeline, because it doesn't translate great on the radio, but I mean, one of the first things we have to do, and I'm curious why it hasn't been done already. I mean, it's been explained to me. I'm just not that smart. Why the old stadium hasn't been torn down yet? Because doesn't that add to the length of the whole project? Uh, that is a very good question. And, you know, to, to the public, once they start seeing things moving and getting torn down, then they start becoming slowly believers. I mean, it's like the rail system, right? We finally got a portion of it running. So, okay, this thing's actually moving. Likewise for the stadium, I think you're absolutely right. It, us looking at uh, stainless, uh, uh, a relic that is rusting in front of our eyes doesn't embolden us to the public from government's perspective that anything good is going to happen. But what I'm told, uh, in addition, is that uh, you want to put these two together, destruction as well as the construction of the, the stadium. Because if you have, let's say, Company A doing the destruction or the the dismantling of the stadium, and then Company B, a different one, uh, comes in and builds it. There's liability on Company B. They could say, like, you know, the Company A was fouled in this area. And so there's all kinds of legal liabilities when you have two different folks doing uh, big pieces of of the project. So that's why I I understand we're going the route of having one developer do the destruction and construction versus having two developers do one and the other. Senator Wakai joining the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. That makes sense to me. I guess the frustrating part, and I'm just speaking on behalf of, I think, most of the listeners, is that it's, you know, the RFQ, the RFP, all of this stuff, they don't under, I don't understand why that takes so long to do. I mean, we've been at this for years. I I don't know, is it the administrations, as you mentioned, or, or what? Well, the, RF, the entire procurement process is there to safeguard taxpayers, right? So the, the mm. government is not giving money to their friends and, <laughs> and paying exorbitant fees. But in that process, for all of its purported desires, there's blemishes with it, right? That there is, it takes so long. We, we in government somehow think we're going to put out a perfect contract, and it's never perfect. Something always happens there. So that's, mm. that's the push and pull. Um, you probably don't want us to be like Alamoan or, or Howard Hughes, where we just go out to our whoever and, and bid out, and, and then later on, Civil Beat or some news station comes out and says we've had all kinds of corruption. So, yes, it's a painstaking process, but it's been set up to protect the taxpayers of Hawaii. It's a painstaking process because we can't trust the people in charge? 
a lot of it has to do with uh, that. Uh, All right. Cost overruns, not being able to check in on the contractor, making sure the contractor is doing things. That's why this, this particular approach of a public-private partnership is far different from anything that we've mm. seen in government in, in the past. Right? We talk about the rail. I mean, it's a total boondoggle because it's 100% taxpayer-funded and 100% run by bureaucrats. The new Alosian district is going to be completely opposite. There's going to be a private sector developer sitting at the table making sure this thing makes financial sense. That's good to remind us of that, actually. Thank you. Gary, one more? Yeah, well, I've, yeah, one question. I think when the, I go back to that PBS special three, four, five months ago where it was stated by one of the panel members that it will definitely be in Halava. There is no chance of a stadium being built on campus. There are fans and people who talk about the delay after delay after delay and are wanting more, so a campus stadium. Is there anything to that, or is it still 100% that it will be built in Halava? Yes. Uh, it's 100% being built in Halava. When it's going to get built, I don't want to put my name on that, but uh, it will be built in Halava. There's just not enough infrastructure in that Manoa campus area. I mean, we can have a hard time building a locker room, building toilets for, for fans. The fan experience <laughs> is going to be pretty terrible if we continue out down that mindset that somehow we're going to expand Ching Field. All okay, right. just one uh, more quick Senator- one, if I can. Uh, for the new yep. stadium, uh, I know it's changed over the last year or two. What do you think right now would be the expected capacity? Uh, 30,000. Okay. It's kind of in the middle of what we've heard in recent years. All right. Very good. Senator Wakai, thank you very much for putting up with us once again. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. My pleasure. Aloha. All right, Senator Glenn Mackay joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. So it's really more of this. It's just kind of a reminder of what's going on. But it is, um, I mean, what, what I, I mean, the one thing I take away from that interview is uh, he wasn't a big David Ige fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. No, no. Apparently not. Yeah. So basically, to wrap everything up in a nutshell, you would say. Well, we're still looking at the same time frame of 2028. The bids are going out. They expect that to be completed next year and maybe start breaking ground in well, 2025. Well, the bids aren't going out. The bids aren't going well, the, out yet. They're 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 seeing who's qualified right yes, now. Yes. Okay. So that'll take a year before they actually go through that process, and maybe a year after that before they actually would break ground in 2025, hoping I to complete it in that- 2028. I thought he said they're doing that in December. They're doing the qualifying thing in December. But it's going to take till next year before they actually find out who's going to actually be the developer. Right, because they got to see who's qualified. They'll yeah. figure that out next month or, yeah, pretty much next month. And then they're going to send out the RFPs. The RFPs, in my mind, still take way too long. Seems like that's, that, uh, yeah. You know, that's the, the one thing I, I, I wanted to kind of pepper in there. But uh, anyway, it's 8.34... I don't think that Glenn Mackay is necessarily one of the bad guys unless he's just a really smooth talker. Uh, I'm not saying he's one of the good guys, uh, but at the same time, I I think at least he comes on the radio and will answer questions. So that's a a positive for the rest of us. It's 834. We're running a little bit behind. Hey, you know what? If you want those volleyball tickets, caller number four gets them, 808 296 1420 Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets for Friday night. And uh, let me see if I'm trying to see. uh, Okay, you know what? Double prize. We're going to give you UH Hilo University of Hawaii women's basketball tickets. That's tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, remember. And 
volleyball tickets. Caller number four, you score from ESPN Honolulu. Hey, check it out. I want to let everybody know, since we're talking about sports here, you're going to want to pay attention to a website called the Hawaii Con- uh, called excuse me HawaiiConcussion.com. You see, HCAP, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, reminds parents, coaches, and athletes to learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. And there's a lot of different types of concussions I learned just from the website. I'm looking at the website for about two and a half minutes. Anyway, check it out. HawaiiConcussion.com. We'll be back with our winner on ESPN Honolulu. Congratulations, Andy and Mililani. Got a double shot of tickets. A couple of tickets to Rainbow Wahine against UH Hilo in basketball tomorrow night at the stand. Also, uh, tickets for Hawaii Volleyball against Cal Poly. Super important matches coming up this weekend for the Rainbow Wahine. Uh, more for you to give, uh, more for you to win. Coming up, um, I believe, I'm not sure, but uh, be listening. I know they have a short show, but uh, I think they will we'll give them some tickets to give away in the afternoon after the, uh, what do we got going World on? Series. Today? What is today? World Series. Oh, that wasn't even one of our headlines. I forgot. World Series. I haven't watched any of the games. I've been listening a little here and there on the radio, but they're using drones to cover the World Series. Did you see that? I think drones are just part of everyday life now in almost every aspect, but it's kind of cool. adds a little bit to the cool aspects of this, and it's been good World Series so far. Nothing super, super dramatic. I guess you could talk Texas's first win, though, dramatic, and the walk-off home run and the extra inning of game one, but they win again yesterday. Road team has won so many games in these playoffs overall. I've- I wish the uh, I wish they'd show the drone. They'd have the drones over them while they're playing. That would be cool. Anyway, let's go back to the Zephyr Insurance text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Folks want to uh, comment on Senator Wakai. Uh, Aloha, a animals. Wakai's comment on we have a better administration is Shabai. <laughs> Same state bureaucracy, bench seating, and no luxury boxes. Does not fly with me. Same story. That comes from Wesley. Well, he's saying we're they're going to, if they don't have, I think what he said was, if they don't have the developer pitch in, then, yeah, it's just going to be basic bench seating, no luxury boxes or anything. Uh, but the plan is, if you want to get the, if you want to earn the RFP is, uh, you got to put some skin in the game. You know, probably be more than like five hundred million is what he was talking about. That way, you would avoid that. And luxury boxes don't affect most of us, but bench seating apparently, well, obviously, does. Okay, there's one on UH football. We'll get back to that one in a second. Um, Aloha, guys. Hopefully, we have a good team and have enough time to bring good players. I'm not sure what sport he's talking about. He's talking about football, I guess, in 2028. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Chris. You are drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, see, I don't know. That's why I, I didn't know if I'm drinking the Kool-Aid or not. Listen to this texter. Uh, oh, I wish you left your name. Uh, it says, I'm in construction. No more such thing. No more such thing as supply chain delays. Really? See? I'm so gullible. 
There's no more uh, thing in supply chain delays anymore for 90% of the 95% of the items. Hawaii, all caps now, is the only place where we are always over budget and takes 30 years to build something. They can build casinos, stadiums, and freeways in two to four years. Not here. Hawaii construction industry is rubbish. The texture goes on to say, in construction, we call it milking the job. And go slow, because then we get job security. <laughs> funny, but not funny. What a joke. Typical Hawaii action. Why wait for applicants to do the stadium? Why not call the guys who built SoFi, Allegiant, and other stadiums? I know we, we want to keep it in Hawaii, but nobody in Hawaii is qualified to build the stadium, LOL. Uh, yeah, no, these aren't people from Hawaii. I don't believe these are people from Hawaii who are making the bids on this. Because unless, I mean, who made the last stadium? They, they want, uh, at least it's been told to us, that they want somebody with experience in building stadiums. As the senator said, we don't want this to be somebody's first rodeo. And I know they invested, not investigated, but they researched Snapdragon Stadium when it first opened. I know David Matlin and a lot of other people from the state, not just from UH, went up there just to see how they got it done. So they did talk to people at other stadiums as well. All right. Yes. Uh, here's a text that says, you, <laughs> I've never heard it uh, said this way. UH is the ultimate boat to nowhere. Bad facilities. No stadium. No NIL. Hard to compete. I don't want to say we have no NIL. I know there's a lot out there. I know how many NIL goes to the men's volleyball team. It's a lot. Um, do we have as much NIL as some of the other teams in the Mountain West Conference when it comes to football? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if Wyoming has more NIL than the University of Hawaii. I don't think anybody on the outside knows, do we? Not Probably not. So, I mean, when you compare them to the Power 5 schools, the group of five mid-majors are never going to be the same as far as NIL right. money. We know that. Right. So it's better to compare. It's more. It's fairer to compare to the Mountain West or Big West schools and other sports as well. I don't know where we stand compared to them. Yeah. Hey, Gary, here's something. Diamondbacks bullpen coach is Mike Fetters. <laughs> Yes. State Basketball Player of the Year. I didn't know that, and uh, if they if they win the World Series, we'll definitely try to get him on this show. But, yeah, I knew that. He's been there for a while. Makes his home there. Pitched for them. I think that was the last team he pitched for in his major league career as well. Oh, this texter's smart. He knows baseball because he says, today's game four. By the way, you can catch that on ESPN Honolulu. Today's game four is a bullpen game for Arizona. So, so it's up to Mike's boys. <laughs> right on. What that means is that, that means they used all their starting pitchers. They're going with a, a, a kind of an opener instead of a closer, instead of using the bullpen to close out games. And I think Tampa was the first team to really do this. Uh, even John Matt, uh, Joe Madden, when he was with the Angels, you you don't have enough starting pitchers on proper rest, so you go with some of the bullpen guys, hoping to get two innings out of three or four of them, and then maybe you go to the setter, this guy who's going to be the setup guy, and not the setter, but the setup guy, the closer at the end. So that's what they do. You know, when you have a short series, you don't have four legitimate starters you go that route we'll see how it works out for them all right hey uh check it out uh we're gonna um, take a break here come back and uh, wrap this puppy up but i want to remind you that you can watch cole mouse off as he sits down with uh shane kawakami williams a former hba track and field star now at occidental college they're hanging out at the surfing pig 
in Kaimuki. Pretty good place. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Happy Halloween, 11 minutes in front of 9 o'clock. We're the Sports Animals, and uh, hope you have a uh, safe and happy Halloween. Uh, take the kiddos down to the mall. Everybody get home safely today. And if there are, there are still people who uh, trick-or-treat in neighborhoods. So really, I mean, the amount of accidents we have nowadays because people are in such a rush. You know what? It's Halloween. Slow down. Slow down. It's not the mainland. Slow down around the neighborhood uh, tonight. Be watching. We can keep an eye out for uh, the cakey. All right, we've got some breaking news. Trade deadline in the NFL. Yeah, and the latest player to move, Chase Young, formerly now formerly with the Washington Commanders. He goes to the San Francisco 49ers for a third-round draft pick. Yeah, he's been injured, been injured a lot in his career. When healthy, he is really good. And for the 49ers, was one of the best defenses in the league. Even though they've struggled a little bit lately, what a pickup for them. Yeah, you know what? John Lynch getting it done, uh, getting it done. So now you've got. Uh, let me see. Let me. I'm going to try and then find theirs. Um, oh gosh, let me try and find their raw the depth chart for the 49ers here. So you're already talking about, you know, one of the most powerful defensive lines in the league, and they just got that much better. So you're talking about a team with. Um, a 4-3 defense, Eric Arms. <laughs> they already have Chase Young penciled in as the starter. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> wow, that is fast. <laughs> Chase Young is your left defensive end, your left defensive tackle, Eric Armstead. You've got a guy that uh, you don't see much, but he's the best at what he does in the league, uh, Javon Hargra- Hargrave, uh, right there in the middle, right. and Nick Bosa. How are you going to run on that? And you've got uh, uh, Kinlaw as well as a backup. Randy Gregory, who's who does a great job in spurts. Man, you want to win. Ch- oh, and if all else fails, Fred Warner's standing behind those guys. Uh, Talanoa Hufunga, strong safety. Reminds me of somebody like, uh, oh, I don't know, some of the best great safeties that we've had in our league. Man, that is a scary, scary defense right now with Chase Young. Poor Cleveland Farrell. Remember him? He was a first-round draft choice out of Clemson, right. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Hello, uh, Cleveland, your second string. Move your stuff out of your locker. Chase Young's coming to town. I love it. And this is a team that their defense did not perform well against Cincinnati on Sunday, so I guess they wanted to just step it up a little bit. But, yeah, that lineup on paper and on the field is obviously strong. I, I know they've got that losing streak right now, but I still think they are maybe not the only team to beat in the NFC, but one of the top teams. If not them, obviously the Eagles are going to have something to say about that as well. But, wow, right. what a move for them. Yeah, and there's still plenty of season left to get everybody healthy. Uh, on their offensive line, part of the problem is Trent Williams a little banged up. Aaron Banks is doubtful. Uh, Debo Samuel's been out. I think right. that hurts you more than you would think. I mean, you have weapons like Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. I'll even throw Kyle Juszczyk in there. Uh, he hasn't been as much of a weapon 
since Shanahan came over to the 49ers, but he still could be uh, a weapon. He's still, in my mind, the best offensive fullback in the league when it comes to, um, you know, more than blocking. But I think Debo Samuel, him being out, that, that makes a big difference. And the offensive line's a little banged up. It does. And I, I think McCaffrey is now supposedly 100% or close to it. But two weeks ago, even though he did play, I don't know if he missed a full game, but he's been a little injured as well or banged up. So that didn't help their cause. But Debo's a big loss for them. Still, when healthy, I, I like them over Philadelphia and over anybody else in the NFC, including Dallas or whoever else might be in the mix. But I think they just got, obviously, so much stronger. And uh, I don't think they're going to keep on losing the way they have. That's been really surprising to a lot of people. Yeah, a couple of them are close losses. It was a big loss. They lost by a lot to the Bengals last week. But I don't know if I, uh, you know, the Eagles are pretty sporty themselves. I mean, the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines now. The Eagles have a great defense. The Eagles have A.J. Brown. They lost to the Jets. Enough said. Lose to the Jets, you can't well, be that great. It's, uh, nobody's gone undefeated uh, since, you know, 1972, so it happens. Well, the Patriots went undefeated during the regular season. I, but I just, it's happened twice in the past, oh, I don't know, 50 years? Right, right. I understand that. I just think with Jalen Hurts, even though he's still really, really good, he's not putting up the MVP numbers that he did last year. He's thrown a lot of interceptions this season. Right. And I, I, not so much that they lose Miles Sanders because she got, um, uh, what's his name, from Detroit, Swift, uh, who's done a pretty decent job, actually. He's done a great job. He's been better than Miles Sanders. Has he? Yeah. Isn't he on your fantasy yeah, team? Yeah, he is. He's been good. He's, not, he's been not great, but he's been good, yeah. But I, I just don't – and they lose both coordinators, both becoming head coaches in Arizona and Indianapolis. I mean, they are really, really good, no doubt about it. I just think they lost a little bit from last year. They don't seem to be as dominant yet. And, again, part of it is Jalen Hurts is really good, just not as great as he was last year. Jalen Hurts – and you know what? But you, you have a dual-threat quarterback. You don't have that in Brock Purdy. Uh, by the way, DeAndre Swift is averaging five yards a carry. That's pretty sporty when you're talking about NFL. This isn't college. This is the NFL. you got five yards a pop, doing pretty well. Uh, eight games, he's uh, rushed for almost 600 yards. But um, you know what? The, the weapons that they have, the weapons that they have also extend to the de- – you know, uh, look at their offense, though. Swift, you mentioned, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown – that's pretty special. Throw that in with the um, throw that in with the the defense. Ooh, that's what, there's a reason why they're seven and one. Yeah, they're a really good team, and I, that division just got a little weaker with Washington being a, you know getting rid of the players. They were already a bad team. Yeah, I don't think Philadelphia is not good. I just don't know if they're as dominant as last year. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team, but they're going to be in the. They probably should be in the NFC Championship game though. Yeah. Any other thoughts before we leave here, Gary? Any thoughts? Not that I can think of, except I'm hoping to get some candy later. Oh, yeah? What's your favorite? Snickers. Hmm. Snickers, peanut M&Ms in that order. Reese's peanut butter, close third, though. Can't go wrong with those either. Hmm. And you? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm not really allowed to eat candy anymore. You know what? Baby Ruth comes to mind. Baby, Baby Ruth? Ruth? Is that Baby still Ruth in existence? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. All right, I'm guessing we missed the 30-second warning. (laughs) It'll end the show now. This is ESPN Honolulu.